Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast. A podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. Here are your hosts, Dave Adamson and Ashley Bohens. Hey everyone, welcome to the Think Orange Podcast, episode 66. My name is Dave and sitting across from me in the Think Orange Bunker is the one and only... Ashley, killing me softly, Bohance. <laughs> How are you? Hell, I'm great, thank you. And if you don't know where Ashbo got that nickname, you need to go back and listen to episode 65, where she tells an amazing story about a flash mob. <laughs> uh, that was an incredible story. The number of people that have stopped me in the past week and told me that they love that song and that they can't stop swaying to it now is incredible, Ash. See called, what you that's do? called influence, Dave. You are influencing a generation <laughs> back to the Fuji. So there you go. I know. Oh, Dave, guess what? What? This week, I met one of your daughters for the first time. Are you serious? Yes. I went into the Faye shop here at Orange, and she was working there. And you had mentioned to me that she started working there, but I had never seen her yet. Yeah. And so I walk in, and I look at her. I'm like, why does she look familiar? Because I don't (laughs) want to be like the stalker and be like, I seen your picture, you know? Yeah. And because she doesn't, I didn't think she knew who I was. So I was like, hey, what's your name? And she's like, Chelsea Adamson. And I was like... Oh my goodness, no way. You are Dave Adamson's daughter. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, listen, I, Dave, your dad is my co host. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I said, but I love, your dad talks about you all the time. He's so proud of you girls. And Aww. I, what I also love that your dad does for you is he's doing this like hashtag on Twitter called Stuff I Want My Daughters to Know. Oh, yeah. And and she like kind of like rolled her eyes. Of course she did. And I was like, do you read them? And she goes, I mean, sometimes. Yes. <laughs> that like, is her exactly. I, that is her exactly. She rolls her eyes and says, to say it again. No, I mean sometimes. I mean sometimes. But she was acting like a typical high school student. So I just said to her, listen, Chelsea, one day you are going to be so grateful your dad did this because you're going to look back and be like, wow, my dad loves me so much. Look at this beautiful list of tweets. You can follow the hashtag if you're curious as to what he tweets. But you're going to be really grateful for that one. And she goes, I know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I started that a few years ago. Stuff I want my daughters to know. That's the hashtag. Stuff I want my daughters to know. And it's just really like leadership and life lessons, ministry lessons that I've learned. And I just want to share it with them. I started that when they were really little, which actually is a really good segue into what we're talking about because I I started doing that because I wanted to transition them from, you know, being really young until when they're in college, which is Ash, let's be honest. That's when I think she'll only start reading them when she's about at college age or something like that, right? After. After. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So today we are talking about building a comprehensive plan from birth to college, not as a parent and not with a Twitter hashtag, but in your church. I mean, let's be honest, Ash. Um, You know, we're amongst friends, right? Right. We're all friends of the pod listening to this, but there's probably somebody, if you're driving along listening to this podcast now, I bet you can think of one of the ministries, one of the age group ministries in your church that is probably outperforming the others, right? Maybe it's the, the... elementary age, maybe it's the middle school age, maybe it's the high school age, but there's usually one that's potentially outperforming the other. Now, we're not talking about attendance. We're talking about things like volunteer retention, parental engagement, effectiveness, I guess, is what we're talking about, right? Presence on social media. Exactly, exactly. Um, But wouldn't it be awesome? Could you imagine what it would be like if all of the age grade ministries were absolutely knocking it out of the park? 
It would be incredible. It also, you know, being a youth pastor myself, yeah. I'm like, gosh, that's so hard to do. Like, it is. It's so hard to do, but but uh, it's a reality in a lot of churches, right? Yeah. And so you you maybe you're driving along listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, I secretly hope my the new families that come to our church don't come until middle school because the middle school is killing it right now. Right. Or, or, you know, whether it's high school or elementary. I mean, I think a lot of churches deal with this, but imagine what it would be like if all of your strategies aligned from birth to high school graduation. Wouldn't that be incredible? I, I mean, there is no better way to launch a kid into adulthood than I, that. I could not agree more. Now, I'm fortunate enough that my kids have been going through a church that's got pretty much all of that together, and I see some of that benefit, even though she mm-hmm. doesn't follow me on Twitter or anything like that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is so... Yet. Yes, it is so beneficial. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to help you get to that point where all of your age-graded ministries are absolutely smashing home runs. And to help us with this, we've got some absolute experts in the room, don't we? We sure do, Dave. And the first, <laughs> the first person we're going to hear from is Autumn Ward, mm. who is the writer for our first look curriculum here at Orange, which is our preschool curriculum. Yep. Um, she's also the author of the First Look devotional series, which is a collection of books designed to give children a first impression of their heavenly father. Yeah, I've read some of those books uh, that she's written. They're absolutely incredible. They are. I mean, she does such a fantastic job. She's a great human being. Her husband works in student ministry as well uh, for North Point, and he does an incredible job with the elementary age. He does. And she's just so brilliant at preschool ministry. Yeah, like, totally. She just gets it and she wants to do everything she can to help other churches get it. And it's, I think it's a gift. Yeah, I totally sure. agree. Now it's not just Autumn on today. We also have another incredible leader who everybody listening, if you don't know, you need to trust this person because oh she is goodness. phenomenal. Cindy Fiala is possibly the wisest woman I've ever met really? in ministry. She wow. is so incredible. I mean, our friendship is kind of new still. We met like not that long ago. Yeah. And so we're still getting to know each other, but we talk really often. And I just being around her feel like I'm learning things. And she always makes you feel so good about yourself. So who wouldn't totally. want to be around her? But she's so wise and yeah. she's so humble. And she like has this passion for coaching uh, women in ministry and in leadership. She has yep. like some coaching groups she does um, that you guys should check out. She's done family ministry, next gen ministry mm. for years. Prior to that, she was doing kid ministry, and I just, she has so many years of experience and so much wisdom, and the way she's able to communicate it, it draws people to her. Yeah, totally. I actually met her a couple of months ago at Orange Conference here Uh in Atlanta. I had a conversation with her, and she struck me straight away as somebody who was extremely wise and experienced, but like you said, she's so encouraging and so hopeful and so inspiring. We actually yeah. had her on the podcast in episode 61 where she was talking about what church leaders need to know about parenting. And I mean, that episode uh, got such great reviews yep. because of the content that she shared. So I know that today's episode is going to be absolutely amazing. Now, we actually had our friends Sarah Bragg and Holly Crawshaw interview Cindy at Orange Conference. So they're the ones leading the charge on this. They do a fantastic job asking just the right questions that we're sure all of you listening to this podcast want to know. Hey, before we get into that content though, I just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Orange Curriculum. Now, Orange Curriculum is helping every leader, volunteer, and parent become one voice in the life of a child, which is kind of what we're talking about today, right? How Mm -hmm. important is this idea of one voice, Ash? 
Well, two combined influences is always more powerful than two influences. So if we can all be saying the same things the same way, yep. the more likely a kid is going to be able to receive it and retain it. Yeah, absolutely love it. And Orange Curriculum can help you with that by providing training for volunteers and small group leaders, resources to engage parents, and a birth to graduation strategy that aligns your entire family ministry team, which is why they're sponsoring this episode because this is exactly what we are talking about. Yeah, hey, before we move forward, I do want to say a lot of times when people think of curriculum, yeah. they think of like the the message, yep. like the script for the message. Mm. And that's what they're their only thought is about curriculum. Yeah. And what I want to say to anyone listening is curriculum is so much more than that. Yeah. Like when we say curriculum, we're saying they're, they're written emails for you and small group guides and me- like blogs and messages for parents and emails to parents mm. and training for your small group leaders and different things for your games and your worship sets and your hosts. Wow. And we think through every single part of a program for yeah. each age group and we provide resources for all of those even the social media and the images during the week so that you can do what only you can do, which is be present and with the relationships. That's so awesome. It's not just a message. It's like a whole culture, essentially, it right? Is. Yeah, and if you have time to write your own message, you should. Yeah. You know, you definitely should. But this is all the other pieces that people don't love to do as much. Yeah, and the great news is that today you can try all of the age group curriculum for free. Did you know that, Ashbo? Of course. For free. And as well as trying it for free, you also get a free digital copy of It's Just a Phase by Reggie Joyner and Kristen Ivey. And to take advantage of all this, all you need to do is visit tryorangefree.com. That website again is tryorangefree.com. Okay, Ashley and I have stalled enough to give you time to go and get your pen and your paper or your iPad Pro and your Apple Pencil, whatever it is that you use to write notes because you're going to want to take notes today. So I'm going to throw it straight over to Cindy and Autumn. As a mom with a 17-year-old, if I was looking at a mom, you know, that had a new baby, I would say develop your own personal walk with the Lord. You know, your own strong personal faith. Whatever it takes for you as a parent of a new baby, of a toddler, of a preschooler to develop your own strong personal faith, do it. Getting along with God, reading your Bible, praying, and staying connected to the local church for yourself as a parent is of utmost importance because if you can't, you can't pass along to your child something you as a parent don't already possess. And so if you have a strong personal faith, it's gonna be easier to pass that on to your child because your child, are, they're gonna see it. I have never sat down with my son um, and said, you need to read your Bible every day. But he's caught me many times early in the morning. You know, when they, they come in and they see you. And, um, He's read his whole Bible. I never said read your whole Bible. They pick it up. You know, I hear my mama come out of my voice all the time. She's already gone on to be with the Lord. She's no longer with me. But she, she never sat down and taught me how to talk. But this is my mom. <laughs> she sounded just like me. I see her hands when I look down at them. Our children become who we are. And um, not so much just what we tell them to be. It's just just from being around us. And so I would tell a a preschool mom, a preschool dad, work hard, do whatever it takes to develop an own strong personal faith 
so that you can pass that on to your children and so that you will have what it takes to be the parent to them that they need. Number two, I would say be available. A parent's availability to their children is one of the biggest gifts you will ever give them. This will not come without sacrifice, or at least you think it's a sacrifice when you're in it, then you look back on it and you don't even remember what it was you gave up, but you remember you were there. You're gonna have to say no to a lot of good things to say yes to the best. And your parents need to know that it's okay to say no to good things so they can say yes to their children, say yes to their spouses, say yes to their family. Nehemiah is a great example when he's on the wall, you know, he's building that wall and he says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. And our parents need to know from this beginning to start strong and to say, you know what, my great work is my family, my marriage and my children. I'm doing a great work and for the next 18 years, or if you keep having children, it may turn into 30 years, I don't know. But for these next years, my great work is my children and I'm not gonna come down. I'm not gonna come down because I wanna be able to look back and see what it is. And I'm here to tell you, my, my marriage and my children are my great work and the rewards are not immediate. And we need to encourage our parents, they're not immediate, but it will be worth it down the road when those marbles are quickly going and you can look back and see what God has done through you as a parent. Our preschool number three, our preschool parents need to hear from us as church leaders uh, how to teach your children to pray. The best way for parents to teach their children to pray is to pray with them. Starting at a young age for children to hear their parent thank God for the food Ask God to help them when they have a need financially or uh, with sickness, to praise God for being good, for being creative, just to um, talk to God. When a child hears a parent do that, guess what the child does? Learns how to pray. You know, it, it's just one of those things. They're gonna do what mom and dad do. And I'm gonna talk about some resources that we have when we talk about how to do this that we try to help enable parents to do this. Because I know for a lot of parents, they're coming in to your church and uh, they're very hungry. They want to do this right. They have a new baby. They're starting back to church. They maybe got out during college, you know, during those early 20s. And they want to get reconnected because they want the best for their child. It's a great time as a church to connect with parents when they come back with that baby or that preschooler. And um, they're very interested. But a lot of them have a story. I know for me, I didn't get, uh, become a Christian until I was 20. I have a lot of learned behaviors as an adult that you, know, you feel like, I can't do all that. You know, I can't pray, I can't read the Bible, I can't do this and that. But as church leaders would come along and hold their hand and help them and say, you know what? God chose you to be the parent to that child. He chose no one else but you, and he knows you can do it, and we're here to help you. And so we have resources that help parents, and we'll talk about those in a minute. Number four, something fun, just keep family traditions. Pick a few family traditions and keep them. Small deposits in your child's life over time pay off more than just one or two spectacular events here or there, you know, hit or miss. I was asking my children when we were talking about this, what are some traditions that y'all just really, because you really don't know, you know, like what, is anything really special to y'all or we, you know, are y'all like, oh, I hate this or this is done? I said, no, we, we love the hayride at Burt's Pumpkin Farm. We go to this pumpkin farm up in uh, North Georgia 
We never buy the pumpkins because they're too expensive, but we do the $3 hayride. We go to Kroger and get the pumpkin. <laughs> but um, they love the hayride. And we do it every year. They love that Chad reads the week before Easter, a chapter, you know, leading up to Easter. And he does the same at Christmas. We don't do family devotions much any other time, but they love that week leading up. I didn't know that. I wouldn't have guessed that until they told us. Um, they love sausage balls on Christmas morning. I've just always done sausage balls. Just little traditions. They love that we celebrate their spiritual birthday. We don't give gifts, so it's not because we give them another present, but that we acknowledge it. And maybe do everybody's favorite meal when it's their baptism birthday, you know, their spiritual birthday. Little things. Uh, they didn't mention any Chuck E. Cheese when they were four. They didn't mention, which I tried. I did it once and oh my word. Um, but I thought I had to. Every four-year-old needs a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party. I don't know. Anna got that. Um, but it's just little things. And what family traditions do is they give a sense of belonging to children. It gives an anchor. It gives a place to belong. And they look back on it and it, it just, it fills them up. So it's encouraging parents to keep family traditions, but not feel like they have to go on the Pinterest board and make a theme out of every event and spend $300 just to celebrate a birthday. It, ha it can be simple. Another tradition we have is um, red and green alternating little rings. It's just construction paper and it counts down 25 to one. And it'll be anything from reading the Christmas story to watching Frosty the Snowman. I mean, it's just random, make cookies, whatever, but they love the rings. And it's just little tradition, inexpensive traditions, but they enjoy that. Number five, make God talk. That's just God talk, a part of everyday life. And again, I have a wonderful resource called the Parent Cue that we uh, write for the First Look curriculum. It's a parent resource that helps parents do this, to have God talk in everyday life. And what I mean by that is when you have little children, to start off strong, it's during bath time, during the car drive time, during uh, you're going to bed at night, cuddle time, during play time. You're going to be giving your child a bath, you're gonna be playing with them, you're gonna be tucking them in, you're gonna be driving them everywhere. <laughs> Why not use these times to start having God talk? It's gonna be very difficult to talk to your teenager about God, about saving yourself for marriage, about anger issues, about work ethic, all those big things that are important to God if you haven't been talking to them since they were little. It's very awkward if you haven't been praying with your child since they were little to just when they're 15 to go in their room and say, oh, let's pray. You know, if you want to pray with your teenager, pray with your preschooler. It's so much easier to enter into that. Is God big enough to start when they're teens? Absolutely. We have a huge God that will make a way for any parent of teens that wants to start a spiritual relationship. But if you want to pave the way and make it a little easier, start when they're little. I have had more meaningful conversations in my van than I think I have anywhere else. I don't know if it's because my face is forward and they're talking to the back of my head. So they feel like, let's talk about SEX right here. I guess they're just comfortable because all they have to see is the back of my head, but I'll be driving. They've talked about baptism. Um, did the dog go to heaven? I mean, you know, random, just it'll be out of nowhere driving. But that God talk environment was created in our home since they were little to where we just 
talked about God naturally, whether it was nature, whether it was our friends, just always pointing back to God. And um, it creates an environment where children will come to their parents and see them as spiritual leaders and somebody that they can talk to, that they don't have to wait till Sunday to ask the small group leader or the Sunday school teacher. They can go to mom and dad to talk as well. Number six, build a strong family. And when I say build a strong family, I'm talking about all those verses in the Bible, the one another's love one another, pray for one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. That needs to begin in the home and it needs to begin when they're little. If your family can love one another, forgive one another, pray for one another, it'll be a breeze when they go out of the house. <laughs> the home is the hardest place in my experience to do those things because that's where the flesh is I mean like free, I don't know, because you're comfortable and you know these people love you no matter what and you know nobody's gonna get mad and not be your friend anymore. So, but if you, if toddlers and preschoolers, if, you, if parents can start training kids at a young age to do all those one another's in the home, they're gonna be able to leave the home and be able to do that with their friends, coworkers as they get older, you know, fellow students and that sort of thing. So build a strong family. I know it's gonna sound corny, but when we were little, I'm sure it was just a momentary thing we came up with, but I'm, you know, when, at one time there was like a two-year-old, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, you know, in our house. And one day every, it was arguing, it was mine, no mine, you know how that goes. And we just came up with a cheer spontaneous, we are the wards, we stick together, we love each other forever and ever. And it was just one of those mom moments where you're desperate and you know, you're praying under your breath, God either take me now or fix this. And this, I like to rhyme words, I don't know why, it just came up. And to this day, cause now that little fight has become three hormonal beings. You throw hormones in there, my son looks like he's gonna knock somebody's head off sometimes. Then my 15 year old's crying and I don't know why. And then the 12 year old is just, what is going on? She hadn't kind of entered all that yet. And so even now, it wasn't just a couple months ago, I'm like, okay guys, let's do the cheer. Because we're a family and we're a strong family. And this is, uh, this is not good. You know, we need to be able to depend on one another. There's gonna be days when this is all we have. And you just need to love one another, forgive one another, and that sort of thing. So, you know, teach your parents when, they're, when they have young ones to be a strong family and don't let things get in and, and break up your home. Um, number seven, repeat basic truths. The First Look curriculum has three basic truths. Every Bible story we write, every bottom line when we write goes back to either God made me, God loves me, or Jesus wants to be my friend forever. The same goes into the elementary. I need to make the wise choice. I can trust God no matter what. <clears throat> um, I can, need to treat others the way I wanna be treated. Those six basic truths, I was fortunate enough to have been in this when my kids were younger. So they've heard those over and over and over again. Before they get out of the car to go into school, remember, make the wise choice. Now that my daughter, 15 and 12, do you think the God made me basic truth is coming back? Absolutely. When a boy doesn't like you, doesn't think you're pretty or somebody makes fun of this or your body image and all that, to be able to look at my daughter and who's heard it since she was little, God made you. There is no mistake. He chose your face, he chose your body. It's not just when they're preschool. They need to hear it over and over and over again. I can trust God no matter what. 
when things don't turn out the way you want it to, or when bad things happen, or a grandmother passes away, or a best friend gets killed in a car accident. These basic truths, you start teaching them when they're little, because they're gonna be needed when they're older. And you as parents need to be able to have that in their heart so you can go back to it. It's amazing how much we can teach as parents and how much we need to train them and all that, but really when it comes down to it, you're gonna repeat the same things over and over and over again until they hear it, uh, until they have it in their heart. I said, for us a win was just for our children to love God, love people, and we have it on a board over our front door. And ever since mine were little, when I dropped them off at school, they open the door, I say, love God, and they'll say it back, love people. Do they love God and love people every day? No. <laughs> but they know it's in their heart, and I know it's, it's there. And what you plant will produce fruit. And if you can teach your parents to start planting these basic truths in their children's heart, no matter how a child may stray or may, how long, what they may go through or walk away or come back, there will be fruit from those basic truths. And so you just have to repeat them over and over and over again. You know, really my husband and I are just now in a lot of ways starting to see rewards of a lot of parenting. And that's one of the exhausting things about parenting is because you work so hard at it, you know, and you sacrifice and you talk and you talk and you talk and then you talk some more and you think, it's, are they hearing anything at all? Put the phone down, look at my eyes, you know, it's that same thing. And then out of nowhere one day you start, it's almost like in the spring, you see that bulb, oh, it didn't die, it grew. It's actually coming up out of the ground. And you get so excited when you see something that you planted last fall coming up in the spring. We're starting to see stuff popping up everywhere. You think, oh God, it worked. You know, it's kind of like one of those things, you trust God, you believe him, but do you believe him enough to parent for 17 years without a paycheck? without a lot of fruit, you know, and just wait until later to see. Well, our parents need encouragement. Our preschool parents need to be told from the beginning, keep the vision, don't lose it. You gotta look way down ahead and do these things and trust God that he will bear fruit when you do it. And number eight, and this is one I have to work on, and that's have fun. Your kids need to hear you laugh. Your preschool parents need to hear you say, have fun with your child. Don't get so stressed out about managing your family that you forget to love and enjoy your family. Because I'm telling you, the marbles go quickly. I look at the bottom of the jar and I think, was there a hole under the bottom I didn't see? Because they all just kind of ran out really, really quickly. Jump in the pool, let play the games, clean up the dishes later. You know, I, mean, I love a clean house. And that's the reason why it's hard on me because I like all the beds made and I like everything in its place and everything has a home, you know, and that kind of stuff. But you can get so into that that you forget just to have fun. We are here at Orange Conference 2018 in the party bus with disco lights and some leather yes. seating. <laughs> My name is Holly Crawshaw. I am here with Sarah Bragg and Cindy Fiala. Hi, Cindy. Hi, guys. We're so excited that you're here. It's great to be here. So I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about yourself specifically. But first, I have Cindy's bio in front of me, and she has three details on it that I kind of want to talk about briefly. Mm, okay. So you just fire away, okay? These are quick fire answers. You're just gut reaction. Okay. You say you love shoes. Yes. Where's your favorite place to shop for shoes? Um, 
Probably Nordstrom's. Oh, yes, yes girl. Free you shipping and wrong. free return. They have great yeah, customer service, too. Yes. The rack. That's right. what I do, too. Yeah. The rack. Love it. Mm-hmm. Cooking. What's your favorite meal to cook? Uh, oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I love salad, which is really weird. No, it's hey, not. You hey, can make salads are hard to make. Yeah. I don't like, like my own salads, so that's hard to make. It's like my rice and pasta. So I literally will put everything on a bed of lettuce. What's the most surprising thing you put on a salad? Uh, fruit Ooh. and potatoes. Potatoes, oh, potatoes like roasted potatoes, yeah, or... like yeah, like roasted. Or we make these really yummy. We're gonna start talking about food now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, welcome to the party, man. <laughs> Smash potatoes. I've, I've always yeah. wanted to make so they're those. Really I've seen awesome them on little little uh, new potatoes yes. that you smash and then bake yes. really yes. hot, and then you just put them cold in your salad. Gives you, oh, gives you it's almost like a potato salad with all, all the other yeah. stuff. Yeah, a little more healthy. Yes, yeah, it's, like, it's not so mayonnaise or whatever you yeah, put on this. Yeah. So the last thing is that you enjoy road trips with your husband. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, my husband is a total gearhead. Okay. And so a couple of years ago, um, he bought a Dodge Challenger. Mm, SRT. Got it. Got okay. it. So, okay. I've like got it in my head. Wait, what color is black, it? I was going to say it has to be black. Black right, with it. like baseball leather interior. There we go. Um, just shy of 500 horsepower. Okay. And so uh-huh. it doesn't matter where we go. Right. As long as you're going. We're just going. And so he loves to drive. I love to drive shotgun. Well, in Colorado, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of pretty road trips to take. Right, which is yeah. where Cindy's from. Where Cindy yeah. lives, I should say. She's from Oregon originally, yep. but now you live in Colorado. We live in Colorado. So, Cindy, tell us a little bit about about you, what you do. Okay, well... Again, another loaded question. So, um, I've been in full-time ministry for just about 15 years, just short of 15 years. I'm in the roles of a children pastor the first couple years, and then most recently the last eight years um, as a family pastor. Mm-hmm. First at Preston Trail Community Church in Frisco, Texas, which I love. Shout out. Hey, and Texas. then just recently um, in Colorado at LifeBridge Christian Church up in Longmont, Colorado. So shout out to them too Mm -hmm. and um we just felt like in november god was calling us to something new we just kind of got that unsettledness and so just recently made a transition out of full-time ministry on a church staff and now i'm doing consulting and coaching in this arena of family ministry strategy that's awesome yeah and coaching so that's great that is great because i feel like that's something that gosh it's just we don't know anything about. Like, you know what I mean? It feels overwhelming. So that's great that you're stepping into that. I'm super excited. And it is. It's like a step on the water, right? Yes. So, okay, yes. God, here we go. <laughs> so we're excited to see what God will do. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about, because I think you're obviously coaching this this topic. So we want to talk today about how you have a vision for churches to build this comprehensive program from mm-hmm. birth to high school, graduation. And so talk to us about what that vision looks like. Yeah. So one of the things that we've, we've worked really hard over the last several years um, through the Orange organization and a group that we call Next Mm -hmm. through Orange, which are next gen and family pastors, is defining, number one, what is that role? And number two, what is this whole family ministry strategy. Many churches have very siloed ministries, which, I mean, they're they're doing really, really great work for individual age group or phase phases of kids. 
early childhood, elementary, middle school, and high school, and yet none of them have really great transitions. They don't um, work together. They're not moving towards one common goal. And so one of the things that we've discovered over the last several years is that when we have a strategy at Orange, we talk about the five essentials. And so these are five dials that if we are constantly looking at these mm-hmm. as a team, then we know that we're going to be moving forward together. And so can you talk about that? Say, because yeah. there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are new to Orange, um, that are just kind of beginning to understand the principles of Orange and what this looks like. And I think even you mentioned silos and how that can like what like but you're right. Like our church is this way. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of this can be very new content. So will you break down what those five things are for people if they're listening? Yeah. So, um, the first, so there's five essentials and the first one is aligned leaders. So we have a team that is completely aligned, not just that they are come under an umbrella. So really early on in family ministry, we would say, yes, we have a family ministry because we all have a the same direct report, but maybe they never met together. Maybe they never worked together as a team. We just heard in the main session this idea about, um, man, if we don't unity Really, the definition of unity is that not only that we talk about this, but that we actually do things together, right? right? So an aligned team, one of the very first things that we would say is that they're meeting together. They have a common end in mind. So one of the things that we talked about yesterday in my breakout session is this idea of does the whole team birth through high school have one common goal that they're working toward, Mm. that everybody can communicate, right? So um, for us at LifeBridge, that was our our big, hairy, audacious goal, was that every high school student that graduates would graduate living life on mission with a heart that belongs, a mind that responds, and a life that reflects Jesus Christ. Okay, can you repeat those three things one more time? Because those are really good. good. They are really good. Uh, A heart that belongs, Mm A mind that responds, and a life that reflects Jesus Christ. So then you look at preschool, and you're looking forward towards that. Exactly. So you're not just, I'm just taking, I'm just taking care of babies, yes. or I'm just a hugger, or I'm just a diaper changer. Mm-hmm. No, I'm. This is a future right. student that's going to graduate from college, high school, and my prayer right now, right now, is that we're building foundation and we're praying for them in this moment. Yes, they will have a heart that belongs. Yes. Yeah. So for the churches, Cindy, who don't have the strategy in place mm-hmm. and looking forward and um, beginning with the end in mind, to use an orange phrase, right. what would you say would be a good first step, especially for those ministries who maybe have all kids in one area, mm-hmm. whether it be birth mm-hmm. through, you know, walking, and then maybe they have a toddler's class, and then maybe they have middle school and high school. So for those churches who are still sort of trying to bridge the gap between the ages, what would you say would be a good first step in trying to decide how to implement the strategy? Mm-hmm. So let me just finish saying what the right. five essentials yes. are, and I'll just go through those really quick. Right. So aligned leaders, not only are they aligned, they do things together, but they've got someone from that team that sits at the senior table. And um, that's super important. Um, the other thing is we engage families, p- parents. So mm-hmm. we, we call that partnering with parents. Yes. And we we'll, can talk about that in a second. Elevating community. Um, this is the idea about small groups that 
you know, we believe that life transformation and life change happens in circles. Exactly. Not mm-hmm. in rows. Right. And so consistent leaders um, that we, that meet with a tribe of kids or students or parents <laughs> week after week, um, creating authenticity and relationships, refining the message. Mm-hmm. So that's that really is where I think a lot of churches kind of begin with the curriculum and does that that message does it build on itself from phase to phase? Do we have good transitions? Do we have milestones that we're leaning into? And then the last thing is influencing service. So this is serving inside the church and mobilizing them outside mm-hmm. the church to be Jesus with skin yes. on out in the community. Which right? I feel like it's that that to me in a church is kind of low hanging fruit especially yeah. serving within the church. And we're so often, I know I work, I've worked in a church in preschool ministry before, and it was like, please don't give me, they had so many people on staff, like, please don't let middle schoolers around your kids. They're the best. And I'm like, no, give me all the middle schoolers. <laughs> I will take them. For like, sure. Because they will actually get on the ground and they will play and they will be, yep. in, you know. And so, but it's like low hanging fruit. And so many churches are missing that low, like they're just not recognizing the low hanging fruit. And yeah. it is a little extra effort to train yes. the middle schooler and, but it's worth it's worth it absolutely for your environment and for them individually mm-hmm. in their faith yeah well and here's the other thing and this comes back to the alignment right um, when you have middle schoolers high schools high schoolers and even I think older elementary kids fourth and fifth graders in those early childhood rooms or in lower elementary or wherever they are serving you're actually doing student ministry mm. Also, right, yes, because you're influencing as you're serving alongside. Well, and it speaks to like just your church, the mission. It still speaks to that mission that you said. Yes, exactly. So, those are the five essentials. And so then, where where does a church start? I, you know, one of the things we talked about yesterday is doing what I like to call a blameless autopsy. So we've got these. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I think I might need to do that just in life. I was going to yeah, say, yes. Yeah. Right. It's a pretty good, yeah, it's a good exercise. <laughs> um, but it, we, we become less emotional. We're not going to get defensive. We're not going to, because we all love our babies, regardless of what they look like or, right. or, you know, but if we do a blameless autopsy, let's say we have these five essentials and we literally look at our ministry and we go, how are we actually doing in these five mm-hmm. in these five areas? Looking at it, going, okay, these are the areas now that we know we have to look at. Mm-hmm. So that would be the first thing. I think the second thing is sitting down after you do a blameless autopsy and part of that exercise then is, do we actually have one common goal? Because most of the time we don't. Mm-hmm. So, Cindy, who leads who leads this charge? Do you think? I think the family pastor or the next gen pastor is the one that initiates the conversation. Mm-hmm. But then I think the whole team needs to own it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got it. And then I think the other part of that, then after that next gen team has done that, they've kind of defined. Okay, here's what where we're going. Then um, there has to be alignment with the overall church. So how do we then? take this big, hairy, audacious goal that we have for every kid and every student, Mm -hmm. and how do we make sure that our lead pastor 
knows what this vision is and he's naturally speaking, he or she are naturally speaking it? How are we communicating it? How are we making sure that everyone to the lowest level in our organization, whether they're packaging during the week um, or they're speaking from the platform, everybody is 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 speaking this language to everyone that mm. they, they talk to. You know, I think one of the hardest things that, you know, I've been a part of a, a church that had a difficulty coming to an alignment. So what do you do when you have team members? You've, you know, maybe you have youth pastors and children's pastors and preschool pastors. And, and if you can't get on that same page mm-hmm. and you can't align, how do you navigate that? Yeah, I had a, a really great conversation yesterday with a leader who is in that situation. Yeah. She's been in the next gen leader position for about a year. And um, she has one member on her staff that is just like dogmatic against alignment. And, um, and there's a lot of reasons that, you know, she feels like are legitimate, this other leader. And as we were talking through it, you know, at some point, this is a super young leader also. So, yes. you know, just so many dynamics, so many dynamics. And what it came down to for her as we were talking in this group was, man, she just, there's probably an opportunity for her to step back from her agenda as a next-gen leader mm-hmm. um, and try to build some relational equity mm. into that relationship and then draw her into this other leader into the conversation. Okay, so what is your goal? Right. Because I bet at the end of the day, every single person that is that in my experience that has been I don't want to say that they're opposed to it, but they don't understand. And so every time I sit down in front of someone and I have the opportunity to cast the vision, the the reality is is that we all have the same end in mind. Right. We all want students to leave our churches and to leave our homes living life on mission. Right. We all want that. But somehow we we get stuck in our minds that anything new is not it, it's change and change is hard. Yeah. And so um, change is fearful. It bring it, it draws up fear in me. I don't know if it will work. And so let's just stick with what we know. I love that you brought in about investing in the relationship mm-hmm. because I think so often we just want to be like, well, they're not they're not like seeing eye to eye, they're not the right fit, but if you take the time and investment of learning who they are even, and learn not only learning, well, what is your goal, but learning how they are wired and how they hear, th- what how they're taking in what you're saying and how they are putting things out. I feel like that, I mean, like temperaments and personality to all that kind of stuff, if you can learn that, it might help right. you to win that person over to get them aligned. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that, the soft things in ministry are the things that we feel like they're not checklists. So it sometimes it doesn't feel like we're being as productive mm-hmm. as we'd like to be. But it's the soft things of building relationships, of getting to know someone, of allowing someone to get to know your heart. Right. Um, that creates alignment. And then there are some times that even after that time and that investment, maybe you can't you're just not going to get there. And then there are just different conversations and different ways that we need to approach it. And maybe there's different ways we can align that person within the organization. Um, But the ultimate goal for us as leaders is to make sure that we 
I mean, I think this is the role of the next-gen pastor is guarding the strategy and then making sure that everybody on the team is on the right seat yeah. of the bus. So, Cindy, first, just to define next-gen pastor, pastor, to anyone listening who might not know, mm-hmm. it, how would you, in your own words, what's a next-gen pastor? So, there's two terms that you'll hear flying around, next-gen pastor or family ministry pastor. Mm-hmm. They're one and the same. So, in both of those roles would be someone who is overseeing, leading, guarding that strategy for the family ministry right. strategy. So, from birth through college. Um in my experience, we chose family pastor only because we also brought marriage ministry under that right. also. So it was more than just for students and kids mm-hmm. and parents. It was also that marriage element as well. So here's a question. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, ministry leaders listening probably who don't have a next-gen pastor at mm-hmm. their church or, or someone to oversee even you know family ministry, so to speak. So what would you say to the leader who's listening who would love to be aligned? Maybe it's a children's pastor and would love to be aligned with student ministry, but there's no bridge between them, no liaison, so to speak, mm-hmm. like a next-gen pastor. What would you say would be a good first step for some of these maybe more— um, smaller sized churches or probably even more normal sized churches Mm -hmm. who don't have a ton of staff, Mm -hmm. what would be a good first step to becoming aligned? Yeah. Number one, I think they're probably being called to be a family pastor. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know if you're listening and you feel a tug. (laughs) If you're like, if you've got this itch and you know that there's something missing, God's probably talking to you. That's what he does. Um, The the next thing I would say is, man, be that bridge. It's great. So Don't wait for it to happen. Be that. No excuses. No excuses. Go to the preschool director, go to the student pastor, invite them out for coffee. Just ask the question, mm-hmm. not with an agenda, but say, hey, what What if we had one big end in mind? What if? So how can I help you, right? So leadership is all about serving. Mm-hmm. If we serve mm-hmm. the way Jesus showed us how to right. serve, then we're servant leaders. So how, how can you, as an elementary director or a pastor, how can you serve your student pastor? Student pastor how can you serve early childhood and elementary? Because, I mean, here's the reality. If they're not doing their job well, it's going to be really hard for you once those students get Absolutely. up there. Well, and how often do you hear, and I, and I say this because, I mean, I've been, we've both been in student ministry and past right. and preschool ministry, but you hear people say like, well, I don't like kids and that's why I work with teenagers, or I don't like teenagers and that's why mm-hmm. I work with kids, instead of going, okay, we're like, this we're is a this, human being yes. we're shaping. Yes. Yeah. This is a journey, someone's faith journey that we're helping direct. And guess what? A teenager was a kid at some right. point. <laughs> they were. And you were a teenager. Right. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. I mean, that's the ouch of it right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. How can churches work better? So the ministries within the churches work better together to partner with parents. Mm, oh gosh, I think that's such a loaded question. I know. We set um, you up. Yeah. So... I, I do think that partnering with parents is probably the hardest part of the strategy mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. because for a couple of reasons, over centuries as moms went to work and households became dual income households, we kind of gave all that responsibility to the church. And we as the church, the Big C Church, we 
We took gladly it. took yes. it. And so now we're we're really focusing back on that Deuteronomy six model where no, 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 no. We as parents are to be the primary spiritual influencer over our kids. And so we want to help you have these conversations. Just this morning at breakfast, one of the leaders was saying that, you know, parents they just don't want to do it because they feel like they're so inadequate. Yes. But here's the right. truth. Here's the truth for everyone that's listening that we can lead anyone, anyone that's even a quarter of a step behind us. But the key is, is that we've got to pour into ourselves. We for, yes. so, so the way we lead is what we're putting into ourselves. It's out of the overflow of our mm-hmm. own heart. And so we have to make sure that we're doing the work, that we're self-feeding, that we're chewing on the good spiritual meat for our own spiritual health so that we can have natural conversations with our children and our grandchildren, as in my case. So I think one of the, the key ways, you know, we, Orange has great resources weekly for parents. We've got the Parent Q app, which yes. is awesome. It's so free. Great. Yeah. And customizable now. Customizable. Here's what's so cool. Here's a really quick little short story. So our daughter and son-in-law um, live in Colorado Springs, and they go to a great church down there, Pikes Peak Christian Church. So shout out to them. My daughter... She she's a stay at home mom and she they're at the playground a lot. She's right. got a, yep. a three. Get and a us five out girl. of the house. Oh yes, right. That's where you get live. us out the house. Get that, get that energy out. <laughs> get right. them running. So, yes. so she's meeting all these mamas in the park and she's telling all the moms about the Parent Q app. She's all, have you so seen great. this app? Have you? Uh, and I'm like, she she's doing the work. So so leaders. If you're not telling your your parents, parents about the Parent Q app, if the small group leaders aren't telling, I mean, you literally can download a free little printout off of Go Weekly that you can give to every parent. Your leaders can give to every parent. Your parents will do the work for you. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Um, so that's one thing. I think the other thing that we have to begin to do as a family ministry team is integrate with other adult ministries. So whether you have a, a group's ministry or you've got a senior, you know, whatever that, that looks like in your church. Marriage ministry is another great integration point. That's how parents are discipled. So if you're partnering with those adult group ministries, then one of the things that you can do is, hey, what study are you guys using this this month? Hey, can, can I add one question mm-hmm. or one little cue to the bottom of every single week mm-hmm. discussion that will just cue the parent, hey, this is how I can have a conversation right. with my kids about this topic. Well, and you're not going to those groups saying, we need you to volunteer in the nursery. Mm-mm. You're you're recognizing what those groups are, like the purpose of, of like, you're, you're this is community, this is discipleship, what you were saying. So right. now this is how we can partner. We, you know, it'd be great if you volunteered in the nursery. But, yeah. but this is, but you're, I think that's the fear of like any adults and they're like, please don't come and ask me to like, to, to do that. Right. But that's a great way of bridging the gap mm-hmm. between your adults, even your adult ministry and your, right. Next Gen Ministries. I mean, you have to just think of it as discipleship, and it's kind of um, discipleship with the bait and switch of parenting or the bait and switch of marriage, but at the end of the day, it's discipleship. So does your senior, are you giving your senior pastor or your lead pastor, your communicator cues that they can fill into their messages about 
to cue the parent to say, hey, this is how you can have this conversation with your children. So don't just think about your own ministry again. This is alignment with your whole church. Think about ways that you can serve everyone in the church Mm -hmm. to help parents lead their children spiritually. Yeah. Man, okay. Where can people find you? Because you, because you're now doing, you're coaching leaders on how to do this very thing. So where can people find you? Yeah, it's it's super creative. It's (laughs) CindyFiala.com. And spell that for everyone listening. I will. It's C I N D Y, F as in Frank, I A L A. And Cindy mentioned two resources. One is goweekly.com. That's Mm -hmm. for church leaders. If you want uh, to improve your strategy on connecting with parents, that's G-O-Weekly, W-E-E-K-L-E-Y. Nope. No E. Nope. Just (laughs) G-O-W-E-E-K-L-Y. For for the record, this is the, like, (laughs) we've we've recorded a lot of episodes at Orange County, and almost every one we've had a misspelled word. (laughs) Goweekly.com, and then the Parent Q app is just, you can find that in your app store. It's just Parent Q, Parent C-U-E. Right. Cindy, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Love chatting with you today. So much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, ladies. It's been really fun. Thank you. Wow, so much great content in there from both Cindy and Autumn. I really love what Autumn shared about the importance of the church also encouraging parents to develop their own spiritual faith and disciplines So, because of the impact that that specifically has on the kids. Right, that's great. And I love when Cindy was talking about like if you're a church who has a next-gen pastor or a family ministry pastor, your job in that role is to guard the strategy, meaning point each department back to the principles of the strategy you choose in your church um, and making sure that everybody in family ministry is on the bus, but also in the right seat on the bus. I Mm. loved that. And then I loved when they talked about for churches who don't have that role, they don't have a next gen pastor, they don't have a family ministry pastor and and what she would say to that. And I love when she was like, uh, well, maybe you should be it because if you're thinking that, like yeah. maybe that's God <laughs> stirring in you. I was laughing because that's so her, which is actually really right. Because if you have this desire to be aligned and you see the importance of it, maybe that's an area you need to start making the moves in because other people may not be thinking about that. Yeah. And as they all said and agreed that when when one of the departments in your church isn't doing their job or isn't doing the job of that portion of the Mm, strategy, mm. it makes your life so much harder and it makes it so much harder for you to implement the strategy. Exactly. And so I, I love, love this episode. I mean, in my experience, I had this struggle. We were not aligned in all our departments and we didn't have someone in the role of aligning us. And the problem with trying to do it ourselves without having leadership above us was we all thought it should be a different direction. Totally. (laughs) Totally. uh, So this one goes under the hashtag stuff we want churches to know (laughs) episode. If this was super helpful for you, we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us immensely. Also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher or SoundCloud. Check out the show notes, thinkorangepodcast.com. That's the place for all the latest information on this episode and how you can get in contact with Cindy and Autumn among other And also, one more thing, we always want to add to our growing community of friends of the pod. It's not a community. It's really a family now, I've decided. I think it's family of the pod. F-O-T-P, family of the pod. 
Do you like that better? Not really, but... (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We'll stick with friends of the pod. But we want to add to our growing friendship. So make sure you share this with some of your friends. You can do that on any social media channel. Or if you'd like to do a YouTube video or something like that about us, invite Ash and I to it. We'll come. I'll come and record a YouTube video with you. Oh, I like it. Yeah, let's do that as well. Hey, uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. And remember, when you think next generation, think orange. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast. Join us next time for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com.